0: Welcome to Health Source, a community education program brought to you by the University of Vermont Health Network. Your host today is Alex Tersey from the UVM Medical Center.
1: There's a new diet craze taking hold. It's called intermittent fasting, and it refers to an eating style where you eat within a specific time period and fast the rest of the time. Some say intermittent fasting is an effective way to lose weight. Others say it's not safe. Here to give us some straight talk on intermittent fasting are Bridget Shea, RD, and Emily Claremont, RD, both registered dietitians at the University of Vermont Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Bridget and Emily. Thank you. So first off, um, for listeners who might be unfamiliar with the term, what is intermittent fasting?
2: Well, fasting has been part of the human experience throughout history and is often tied to religious and spiritual rituals. It just didn't have the fancy name until now. Mm -hmm. Um, A fast is defined as consuming only 0 to 25% of energy requirements in a day. Intermittent fasting um, would refer to the fact that it's not continuous, meaning that there are days of normal eating, then intermittently there are fast days mixed in. So simply, intermittent fasting is a pattern of eating, not a diet. Um, And a diet would focus more on what is being consumed. Hmm. There are various ways to carry out an intermittent fasting plan. The two most common would be alternate day fasting and time-restricted feeding. In alternate day fasting, one would um, fast every other day and then eat normally the days in between. A similar fasting plan is known as 5-2, where one would fast two times a week and then eat normally um, the other five days. Time-restricted res- feeding is where food is only consumed during defined periods during the day and there is a longer overnight fast. For example, someone may only eat for four, or six, or ten hours a day mm-hmm. and then have a longer period in which they don't eat.
0: For some, this could look as restrictive as only eating between noon and four o'clock in the afternoon, four hours. And for others, this may look relatively normal, such as eating between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m., which would be 10 hours of eating.
1: What does the medical research say about intermittent fasting and weight loss? The research is mixed, Mm -hmm. as it always
2: is, with nutrition, Um, but... Weight loss is generally the desired outcome when people want to attempt intermittent fasting. And and like all other diet plans, eating patterns, um, and programs, intermittent fasting can work for some people and might not work for others. Um, We know that the alternative, which is chronic daily energy restriction, is difficult and adherence is the key factor for any weight loss initiative. So it's been proposed that it may be easier to adhere to an energy restriction Um, if it's only a few days a week versus Mm -hmm. every day. But unfortunately, that hasn't really been supported by the research 100% yet. Um, There are limited studies in humans um, with intermittent fasting, and they're often small. Mm -hmm. So it's important to understand that. but some studies have shown that intermittent fasting can result in the loss of visceral fat, which um, is the type of fat that's around the internal organs and is associated with poor health outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also produce a weight loss um, of about 4 to 10% over a short-term intervention, which is pretty similar to most weight loss studies in different mm-hmm. eating patterns recent studies have suggested that intermittent fasting, um, can help reduce the loss of lean muscle mass when, um, producing a weight loss. So Mm -hmm. that's an important factor because it would, um, help you, um, maintain your metabolically active tissue. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, these results are suggestive.
1: They're not necessarily a hundred percent yet. So what would be the benefits of doing this? Why would somebody want to do this from a dietary standpoint?
2: Um, So benefits of intermittent fasting may include weight loss due to calorie restriction, really, reduced cancer growth, reduced waist circumference and visceral fat mass, um, reduced triglycerides and unhealthy cholesterol, a reduction in CRP, which is a marker of inflammation, reduced insulin resistance and increased insulin sensitivity, But all these studies that um, are done in intermittent fasting are pretty short term. So at this point, um, more research would be needed to determine which benefits are lasting. One other purported benefit of intermittent fasting um, is that it could prevent metabolic adaptations that occurred during prolonged low calorie diets Mm -hmm. for weight loss. So it's theorized that cycling from fasting to normal eating could make it more difficult for the body to adapt and, um, which it usually does by lowering the metabolic rate, um, when there is weight loss. Mm-hmm. So that could prevent weight, further weight loss from happening, sure. the diet plateau, mm-hmm. or even encourage weight regain. Definitely more research is needed in that area. So a concern has also been with intermittent fasting that people would overeat on non-fast days, mm-hmm. which would be a kind of a downfall of it, but really so far in research, they, that hasn't been shown. Um, so that is a benefit, meaning that people aren't overeating on the other days, um, with time restricted feeding studies, um, results have shown improved sleep, reduced calorie intake, and weight loss in addition to improvements in blood pressure. So researchers believe that because of these benefits and because of the way intermittent fasting is carried out, um, there could also be a role for it in situations where usual weight loss efforts have not been successful. So things like in overnight shift workers, um, in weight regain after loss, and also in metabolic issues like dyslipidemia and diabetes. So there could be a potential use for it there. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, there may be a positive benefit for people who have achieved weight loss or are at a normal weight, but still want to improve metabolic um, parameters like A1C or cholesterol.
1: Our guests today are Bridget Shea, RD, and Emily Claremont, RD. Both are registered dietitians at the University of Vermont Medical Center. So what would be some of the potential downsides to intermittent fasting?
0: In research, people who have been assigned to an intermittent fasting diet have reported higher levels of hunger, especially after a few weeks on the diet. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, people with obesity reported less hunger and higher diet satisfaction in these studies. So the downside to intermittent fasting is that it is really not appropriate for everyone. It really boils down to who is choosing this dietary pattern and to what extent they are restricting food intake. To be clear, intermittent fasting is uh, inappropriate for people who are on medications which impact metabolism, including those for diabetes, and also medications that really should be taken with food. I would also never recommend intermittent fasting during pregnancy or breastfeeding in youth who are growing and with anyone who has a history of restrictive food behaviors or eating disorders. Food cravings may increase after periods of food restriction. Over time, this may lead to an unintentional and unhealthy obsession with food and eating. I would also not recommend intermittent fasting for people who know they tend to graze on food throughout the day. Changing your eating pattern to such a severe degree would likely result in poor adherence and results. So with all this said, we just don't know enough about intermittent fasting to know the long-term health effects and the potential risks, both physiological and psychological. With any significant change to the diet or lifestyle, it's important to establish nutrition care with a dietitian Mm -hmm. or another health professional who can really help you determine what weight loss approach is a best match for you.
1: Mm -hmm. What can people eat if they're doing intermittent fasting?
0: The intention for intermittent fasting is to develop a routine for consistent eating patterns and does not specifically call out which foods to eat Mm -hmm. or not to eat. However... To fall in suit with most evidence-based dietary intake recommendations, it is highly encouraged that any brief period of restricted food intake should be followed by normal eating. Mm. And by normal eating, I suggest balanced meals that include whole grains, nuts and seeds, lean protein of plant or animal, whichever your preference, healthy and saturated fat and oils, and an
1: abundance of vegetables and fruit. Um, This might be a simple question, but just want to clarify, do people drink while they're doing the fasting part of intermittent fasting? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And again, the intention for this
0: dietary pattern is calorie restriction, Mm -hmm. not fluid restriction. Mm. There is no evidence-based diet guideline for intermittent fasting, but the idea would be to restrict fluids that contain calories. Mm -hmm. So including milk, coconut milk, Soda, energy drinks, juice, protein shakes, and alcohol, to name a few. Due to um, the potential negative health effects of non-nutritive or zero-calorie sweeteners, it's also recommended to restrict intake of beverages that include these, including diet products and zero-calorie beverages. Mm-hmm. And so, which leaves us with the question: So, what can you drink? And this, the answer to this is what I would tell any of my patients, regardless of intermittent fasting, Uh, water, tea, coffee, water with a splash of a citrus juice, so Mm -hmm. lemon or lime, uh, water with fresh herbs. And like I said, so just to normalize things, this Mm -hmm. is a recommendation that I recommend for most of my patients. Uh, And to be absolutely clear, again, uh, regarding fluid restriction for extended periods of time will result in dehydration and is absolutely not recommended. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Is there any concern around during the time that you're fasting? Are there certain nutrients you get to make sure you get?
2: Well, I mean, I think this is why so far no one would really recommend intermittent Mm -hmm. fasting for anyone with any metabolic abnormalities. Mm -hmm. So we wouldn't kind of be on board for a patient who had diabetes or had Mm -hmm. kidney disease to do it and the studies are really in healthy normal and overweight and obese individuals Mm -hmm. they're not in chronically ill populations so in theory people should be okay with Mm -hmm. a 24-hour period of um, no intake um, and shouldn't have any huge issues with um, macronutrients or micronutrients Um, during those times but we just don't really have enough research to know if that's absolutely true in the long term
0: and it really does go back to that general recommendation of that this is not intended for individuals who have health concerns
1: how do you work with patients who may want to try a diet or a trend like this
2: Well, first and foremost, I would review the patient's medical and weight history, medications and eating patterns, and also their goals and motivations to determine Mm -hmm. if they're a good candidate to try intermittent fasting. And then I would try to lead a patient in a discussion um, of the potential pros and cons for them, and just to try to get an idea of this, if this would even be manageable for them given their lifestyle. Um, And also to make sure they understand what it actually means. You know, I think it's also important to just encourage healthy eating when they are eating. So that is obviously going to be part of the conversation. But, you know, it is important to meet patients where they are and help them achieve their goals. So focusing on what is getting get them motivated or excited is really important. Um, And if that's intermittent fasting and there are no contraindications to it, then I'd say go for it.
0: And I'll completely agree with what Bridget just said. So part of dietetics is helping patients determine which route is best from a personal, medical, metabolic, as well as realistic standpoint. Uh, So get help in determining what your baseline calorie needs are so that if the approach is to reduce or restrict calories, uh, then you'll have an idea of how much energy to consume, what foods provide the most nutrient nutrition density and different ways to measure that energy consumption, that total calorie consumption. And as we mentioned before, intermittent fasting comes in all different ways. Uh, After listening to Bridget and I, I really do challenge you all to think about what your current eating habits are, because some of you may be surprised to learn that you're already following some version of intermittent fasting.
1: Great. Thank you both so much for all this information. It's really helpful. Our guests today have been Bridget Shea, RG and Emily Claremont RG, both are registered dietitians at the University of Vermont Medical Center. To learn more about health and wellness resources available to you from the UVM Medical Center, please visit uvmhealth.org slash medcenter.
0: You've been listening to Health Source brought to you by the University of Vermont Health Network. For more information, visit uvmhealth.org and check us out on social media.